guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Got a fun episode for you guys today. We've got some scooter stuff, some hardtail stuff, some, yeah. some garage progress, some new toolboxes. Fetter's going to come on and talk about the Hummer. We've got some news from Porsche and Hyundai. It's all kinds of variety and Yeah, fun. I do have a, an interesting little discussion I want to have with you as well here. I see. But before we do, we need to give a shout out to our Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Head over there right now. And for as little as $5 a month, you can be a Patreon member and support the show. Yeah, we've had so many new Patreons come on lately. It's just, it's awesome to know that you guys care. And I know a lot of people are probably signing up for exclusive content. Yeah. But I know some are just signing up to support us. They've said so. And we really, really appreciate that. You can go over to patreon.com slash overcrest. You get shirts, exclusive episodes if you sign up. I have, yeah. a, I have a whole queue of exclusive content episodes that I have just ready to go. Just ready to go? Yeah. What's next? What are we going to do next? Well, I, I don't know. I have to choose one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all these weird, cool, obscure things I come across. And I'm like, I don't really want to flesh out a full episode, but it'd be awesome to talk about this and go in depth. And we're a little Patreons. more casual, just kind of shooting the shit on the on the Patreon stuff. They're, they're a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing the episode. So I look forward to finding out what you come up with. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Super easy to sign up. It's not hard. Very, very easy. I know everybody's kind of like, oh, you get to that point where you have to click on something or do something. It's like really, really hard. This is just as easy as just like flushing the toilet or hitting send on your phone or any any other thing that's easy. Opening the fridge and closing the fridge. It's that easy. That's all you got to do. It's very, very those, easy. Those are the easy those things are easy in Chris's things. life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What have you, so what, what, what you, you, what you been working on? You inspired me with all of your Vespa progress. Oh, my God. It's been on. So I started working on the old Ironhead, the Harley. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it was downstairs in my basement over the winter to just like get it out of the garage for storage. Yep. And it's a lot easier going down the hill to the basement with a very heavy. Oh, out I back. understand why they call it an Ironhead. Because the you whole have a, engine is iron. You have a split level house. So you, you it's have not a, split level. Well, but you have a walkout in the back. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's a big hill around back. So I would just basically like pedaled it, not pedaled, but like rode it down by yeah. with my feet. And it is a heavy damn motorcycle. It's one of the heaviest motorcycles I've had. Yeah. Because they call it an iron head. It's after the iron head, they had aluminum cylinder head. Sure. And these are all just cast iron steel. Cast iron. The un whole undesirable. Thing nobody is wants them. So heavy. Yeah. So anyways, I was like, how am I gonna get this thing up the hill now? And it's raining. It's and slippery. Mushy. <laughs> and so I borrowed I I text my neighbor. I was like, do you have, a, you have an ATV, right? He's like, yeah, it's not running right, though. I go, can I borrow it if I get it running right? <laughs> Did you tell him what you were going to do with it first? Well, he, he kind of told me he's like, he's a mechanic, too, sure. by the way. So he's like, yeah. Mechanic can't get his to, ATV to run. The mechanic doesn't want to spend the time to get his own yes, ATV to run. Yes, never buy a car from a mechanic. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, mechanic owned. Yeah. Oh, my God. That means it's just like <laughs> limped along with bailing wire. And zip ties. And zip yep, ties. Yep. Exactly. Check engine light guaranteed to be so, on. So uh, basically it needed to rebuild the carb and the battery was absolutely toast. So I took an old battery and put it in the back of the four-wheeler and then just like hooked up jumper cables with a bungee cord. So I bypassing the battery. Anyways, got this old ATV running and then was able to pull the motorcycle up around the house with Nikki on the motorcycle and just I was like, on the ATV just, just like walking it. it up. Yeah. Well, no, there was a toe strap involved. Well, I know. I, I'm just saying I'm oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. balancing. Huh? Um, so I got that up and I was about to start chopping it up. I assembled the hardtail. I got everything set up in what the garage. Chopping it up. What do you mean? What do so you, you literally hack the frame in half. Okay. In order to weld on the hardtail portion of the new frame. Okay. And when, when you say hardtail, what is that? I don't know that what that means. That is the whole rear suspension where there's shocks. Yeah. It is lowering the bike and lengthening the bike, and it's making it a rigid tail. So it has no suspension. No suspension. Better when lowered, right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I have. So I have this rigid tail kit. So, so is, what is that like kit. to drive? Is it bouncy? Is it bounce all over the place? Is it uncomfortable? You have a sprung seat. You need to have a sprung seat when you have a Okay, otherwise it just sounds bike. like you're just getting otherwise, pounded. There's, well, what happens is you have to also watch where you're going. Because even on like normal suspended bikes, when I'm riding, I'll usually like put a lot of weight on my feet and almost yeah. not fully stand up on the pegs, but I'll like Just take, like a snowmobile. Yeah, you take the weight off of the seat and kind of brace yourself for potholes and everything else. Right. But if you're not watching and you hit a bump on a hardtail, I've heard stories of guys just, just getting launched in the air. 
Jeez, that sounds awful. So it's going to be awesome. I don't understand. What is the point of this? It looks pretty sweet. Probably, as long as you don't do any of the dumb schemes that you showed me when you were trying to show me what you were going to do. What I was I going to do? Fine. I don't know. You had some weird color colorway going on. It just didn't look good. No, it's black. So it's all black. It's all black. All right. Well, whatever you sent me for pictures sucked. Okay. Right, um, but what is the one thing you always need more of when you're working on a, a garage project? It's flat surfaces. Flat surfaces. Put stuff. Countertop space. So everything, I got everything cleaned up pulled all the cars out. I got a big work. I have a big like folding you know plastic what? table this size. I have, a, I'm going to let this out into the world. What's that? But you owe me money. Why? If you, if you take this idea and oh. make money off of my idea, you need to cut me in. Let's go 15%. Okay. It's a high, it's a great idea. So it's a high number. Okay. So flat surface company, right? It's a table company. It's just like right. a, it's a company that sells tables for your garage, different flat surfaces. <laughs> Maybe they fold up into the wall, like a, like a, a yeah. one of those beds, you know, like a Murphy, a Murphy bed, bed. <laughs> Murphy bed, but it's like it folds down. Yeah. It could be the flat surface company. They sell different tables and carts and probably toolboxes and stuff like that. I mean, those, all those things already exist, Chris. Yes, but the branding of it could be brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yes, Jake, tables exist. I'm yes. not inventing okay. new tables. Good, yes. I'm just saying it could no, be. No, so what I have, I have a really heavy duty six Jake, foot. Jake, not the first. First investor and in flat surface company. He's not interested. I'm not interested. Not I'm interested. going nowhere. So anybody that's going to use my idea, don't call Jake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, so I have a big like folding industrial like table that I always keep along the side of the garage. So I got that set up. It Who takes makes up a lot it? of space. I don't know. It's something I got from hardware. You store. don't even know. No. There's no branding whatsoever. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know what it's no, called. I don't know. I'm going to put a sticker on it now. This is flat surfaces. <laughs> anyway, so I got that all set up. I got the bike out. I got like everything dialed in, ready to go. All the cars are outside, so I have a ton of space. I got the welder out. That's all set to go. And then I hear storm sirens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This we've is the had, same thing I We've had a lot of storms come in, so yep. it's like crap. So everything gets shoved against the workbench. Everything yep. gets pushed to the side and get this car scrambled in there. And that's how it sits right now. Everything, I can't even walk in the garage because mm -hmm. everything's along the side where I usually walk. And that's, it's just sitting there right now. Yep. That's pretty much what happened to me too. I had the, I pulled the, I had the 911 in the middle of the garage okay. and I brought the M5. All of a sudden it starts to storm, right? Or I see it's going to storm like an right. hour. I had to like, I'm alone at home. So I pushed the, the 911 out into my driveway, which is an incline. There's no engine in it, but I'm, then I'm pushing it back up and I'm going back and forth and back and forth until I've got it shoved into the far right side of the garage. Yeah. Clean everything, move the engine up into the other side of the garage, scooter to the other side of the garage, just so I can get the, the M5 out of the hail. Yeah. Disaster. Um, so yeah, I've been working on, uh, oh, you've got... Do you want to talk more? You've got more. Yeah. Well, I will say, speaking of 911s, you always talk about how, you know, the, the air-cooled 911 engine, it was built for simplicity. Yeah. You know, the the alternators behind the fan, it's very yep. simple. Everything's yep. one thing. It's built for racing. Super you know what easy. would make it a lot simpler is a single, like, four-barrel carburetor with, like, just a, a manifold. So you can have the throttle body as far away from the cylinder heads as possible. Just saying, it's, it's, it is more complicated to have separate banks of carburetors. And the only reason I say this is I have mine dialed in. Yeah, but as you can't, far as, dude, you're going to have one throttle plate then, or maybe you'd two. Have two. Yeah, but that's awful. <laughs> it's way, with the, I get with, it's not as with cool. The carburetor, it's not even, it has nothing to do with cool. My carburetors, your carburetors, any of the 911 with carburetors, it's individual butterflies. Right. Each cylinder yeah. is its Very own, good throttle response. It's its own little engine. Very good right? throttle. It's and its own little it engine. Is. It's, it's. <laughs> I'm I right. know what you're saying. Okay, each it's got it its own butterfly. It's got its own float bowl. It's got its own little source. Right, and then it's got its own little spark plug. And its signal, its carburetor signal, does not interfere with any of the other cylinders. Actually, they not every one has its own float. By the way, there, there is two floats. Right, right. exactly. Floats. But it has its own little butterfly. Its own little thing. Its own little carburetor signal. You take that. All, you take all of that away. You can't run as big of cams. It doesn't run as smooth. The throttle response is yeah. different. There's way less. It's basically like CIS then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's just like my M5. It's got all individual throttle bodies right. in there. The 540i doesn't. Why? Because individual throttle bodies is better. It, it is, is just better. It is. I, I for sure agree. But the only reason I bring this up is I have my carbs all synced. They're all dialed in. I have the carb sync tool. I have all of the idle and everything adjustments set up correctly and all the linkages measured correctly. But I noticed the other day that while I was just blipping the throttle back there, I'm like for the la the first like eighth inch of movement on that, it visually looks like everything is linked correctly. The right mm -hmm. 
the right length links for the carbs. So you have from basically the linkage. What, if you can visualize know, what I'm, he's I'm talking not, about, is so you have a rod that comes up from the front of the car, right? And it basically actuates a an arm that a goes in between arm. that goes in between the two carburetors, and then, and then, then that pushes two on levers the yes. on each going to the throttle linkage. Correct. And the linkage you have to get exactly right, yep. which I thought I had, but then I went to manually push this linkage together, and I noticed one started to move slightly before the other one. How much? It wasn't much. It was basically the slop in the bushings. Yeah, that's, I mean. it's. But I could feel, I could hear it. I, it all of a sudden, the other car started to go. Yeah. Okay. And so I adjusted it a little bit, and it's like so much better. Yeah, I guess it makes a big difference. Just think about how much when you're. It's fiddly, though. When you're adjusting idle on something, you turn that idle. finicky. That's throttle stop a little bit, and the idle comes up like 100 RPM. It's so finicky. Yeah, just that any amount of air, I just know. a sliver, really makes a huge difference, which is why they invented computers for cars, because <laughs> exactly. it is absolutely the most fiddly yes, stuff ever. It is. All right. It has definitely crossed my mind to do, I'm like, man, I could do like could, EFI. I could do EFI and yeah. just eliminate all of this. Yeah. So my plugs, I pulled them when I did them working on the motor, they're black. Mine are black, too. They're just, it's But running. it wasn't running right before, obviously. It's so, so, so rich. So I was wondering how long after... You sell a car yep. and it leaves. Uh-huh. Are you responsible for anything that happens to it? Obviously, uh, the guys buy your mailbox and the thing explodes. You're going to be like, all right, man, here's your money back. You know, whatever. Did At, you sign a bill of sale? <laughs> well, that's what a title is. When you sign over the title, you're really. Well, then you're ownership. done. Right. Technically, yes. Yes. But as a human being. Yeah. When are you no longer responsible? Out of sight. Out of sight. Once out it's sight. out of sight, out of your neighborhood. Yeah. When I sold the MG, I didn't realize the kid that bought it knew nothing about what he was doing. Right. And this was a very complex bypass turbo setup that I engineered myself and made. Yeah. And so he calls me. He's probably half an hour away. He's like, hey, it's not idling right. And I was like, well, you may just have to turn up, you know, adjust the idle a little bit now that it's hot. And he goes, well, how do I do that? Oh, no. (laughs) And that's when I go... Oh, uh, you didn't. You don't know what this is. <laughs> no, you. I don't. got a phone call a couple days ago. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we can talk about it. <laughs> I got a phone call. Hey, Chris. All names have been changed for the. <laughs> hey, Chris. I'm yeah. on the side of the road. The car you sold me, uh, it it blew up. There's no oil in the motor. What? Three weeks later, after I after I sold the car, and I go. Can I ask what car this is? Uh, we'll, we'll not, we'll okay. just, we'll just we'll not. not. Yeah. We'll just not. And I go, well, I did you have oil in the car? As far as I know. Yes. Okay. And it was really this like resentful tone as if yes. it was my fault. How dare you? It was like, it was my fault. And I'm just thinking to myself, what is the first thing you do after you buy a car? Maybe you go to the gas station for the first it. time. You, you, you look at the, you look at the, pl- the first thing I do, I check the oil. Yes. There's idiots everywhere. You know what? I, there what is, are idiots everywhere. Yes. There are, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but yes. Yes. So like, the first time I got my white 911 yep. and it has an oil gauge on it, right? right. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, there's no oil in this right. thing. So I drove right to the gas station and put a bunch of oil in it. <laughs> which much, I, when you say a bunch, how much did you put like in? Four quarts. <laughs> because it was at the bottom. I didn't know. So what happens is the oil expands a lot. A, and the thermostat opens up yeah. and stuff like that. And that oil mm. level will come up as the 911 gets warm. Yeah. I didn't know that so i ended up having to like drain oil out of it because it was smoking well, and the the whole span of the gauge is only like one quart uh no it's like three is it really yeah it's like three quarts okay. the bottom is five the top is eight like by the red at the top is eight the bottom is five so that's which is actually technically in liters i believe um maybe yeah i guess it could be it very I well could know. be you know germans and all their literage and all that <laughs> stuff. you know <laughs> instead literage. of just using gallons and quarts like normal human beings right um it anyway, actually makes no sense. So I it's, <laughs> it's all ambiguous. Let's no, be yeah. honest. An yeah. inch, a foot, what is this? Yeah, Where does this cares? come from? Well, an inch is, is is like this, right? You can do your finger. That's an inch. Is, you think that's where the measurement came from? Yes. It's anything. With what the, if you have my fingers? <laughs> then it's like half an inch. <laughs> but your foot is like a foot. Yeah. And, and, a, and a meter, or I'm sorry, a yard uh-huh. is basically a width of your foot. You like you when you're One walking. Stride. A stride, yes. Right. So all the things in the standard system are based off visuals they're not as accurate right but i feel like in the future 
it would be way more once society collapses and there's no more <laughs> oh, and there's oh, that future <laughs> I was like, no the- i'm pretty sure we're just gonna move to the metric system chris <laughs> no we wouldn't because we're not gonna have the tools to do it like we're not gonna have all the rulers all gone. the tape measures are gone <laughs> somehow gone. for some reason I just feel well like- you remember in the great tape measure purge of 2035 yeah we lost our tape measures now everything we just go by looks yeah we just i just you know you can kind of hold your thumb uh-huh, up and like judge uh-huh, things by a distance uh-huh. way better than the metric system Obviously. which is unfortunately super precise and accurate <laughs> and easy to use Obviously. i don't want to do them the metric system's way scales far, yeah far back superior. in 35 also all the scales disappeared i know, I know. can't weigh anything <laughs> all the measuring cups for some reason we don't what know what a leader the, is anymore what is there with uh in england in the united kingdom they use stone like things way those like are all three. very old that is ancient yeah. oh, that should be gotten rid of stone furlough stone. it's way Fortnite. well Fortnite just means two weeks yeah but it, it, yeah, i don't know yeah those were furlough yeah like i said we're really reaching for some comparisons <laughs> on. anyways the guy calls me his car's blown up in the center he's super resentful i don't know i felt bad yeah, right? that makes sense. I feel bad, but... And I'm, you're not even Catholic, at this, but it's it's the guilt thing. At the, in my head, I go, well, just check your oil. Why yeah. don't you just check the oil? I don't even know did what you, happened. Did you ask, did you check the no, oil? No, I didn't ask anything. I didn't want to... I did not want to <coughs> open myself up to any liability whatsoever. Yeah. I was... What'd like, you say? I said, How do you I, handle that? I, said, I really don't know. I go, I'm really sorry to hear that. He's like, so the car I just bought is dead? I'm like, I'm like I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really sorry that... You had bad luck. You know, I'm really sorry. I didn't know what to say. I checked the oil, you know, a couple times over the I winter. Think that's what you have to say is, you know, I didn't try to pull one over on you in all good faith. It was running and fine. So as I, far I as just I said, knew. I said, hey, man, I've got an extra TDI motor at my house. I'm happy to give you a screaming deal on it. If, you know, whatever it takes, I feel bad. You know, and I just, I felt, I felt for the guy, right? Yeah. You know, so I was like, well, was, anyway. I just wanted to get your opinion on that when you when you're responsible. Did you know I got a new toolbox? I've I been did working because on. you've been flooding your Instagram stories with like socket hunt 2020. No, everything one, is whatever year it is. I'm in super organization mode, which yeah. still is like really subpar yeah. compared to everybody else. <laughs> but it's actually looking and feeling pretty good. Other than I love your socket organizers. They're great. They're, they're like super, milled aluminum. Yeah, with these little thingies in them. Spend more on the damn trays than they're on the sockets. They're $120. Bucks. That's Hans, not bad. Hansen socket holders, which are the plastic pegs yeah. that have the little number on yeah. top, they're more expensive than these really? billet uh, aluminum socket holders. That's really cool. They're, it's, they're, I don't know these guys. They're not a sponsor of the show, but it's Wessling Marine. They're super <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, Josh from he's Wisconsin. He's got a, a yellow E36 yes. M3. He, he's the one that showed these to me. He's I got gotcha. the, the real swiper on Instagram. He's like, oh, check these out. He was trying to basically propagandize me and all the organization things <laughs> I need to do in my toolbox. And right now, till last night, when I yeah. finally succeeded at something on the scooter, which we'll talk about, Okay, I left all my tools out and I left the garage. Other than last night, I've been putting everything away when there I'm done. There you go. I'm proud of you. Which is a big deal it's really great for morale i find it cathartic to clean up tools i i don't like washing cars i would rather i like putting away tools i I come back to it though i can't do it when i'm done with the project i'll it's something i'll do like like you say like after dinner or something i'll come back and it feels good then nothing's worse than going out to work on something and it's messy exactly so we're gonna work on being cleaner that's if we did an episode on garage stuff the garage episode. The garage episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go way back. There's so many episodes. And I know we have. <laughs> no, I was thinking about that. We have. Like, as I'm working through new, like, history stories and stuff, I was like, we talked about this. Yeah. we've. There's <laughs> thousands of people that listen. And I go back and I look at the listenership on some of the earlier episodes, which are really good. It's like 900 people. So, so if you want something new to listen to. There's a lot to, of there's, content there's out there. There's a lot back there. So I've been working on the scooter a lot. I Just, noticed. I was. I worked on it for like 12 hours yesterday. <laughs> Straight. And the previous. <laughs> day i worked on it for like eight hours uh-huh. i've been getting the paint off um you know how, okay if you were to like bill shop hours oh my god how much how expensive is this damn scooter at this oh point? boy a lot <laughs> yeah. a lot just because i'm i whenever you work on something yourself you're taking a lot more care than right. a shop may oh they're yeah. gonna do it right but they're just they're not gonna sit there and i've been stripping the paint right yeah. all, all the black spray paint that's on there it's turning white it looks awesome. Yeah, it does look really cool. But speak, speaking of like when you're working on something yourself, do you ever do like side projects for friends or neighbors or stuff? No. Where they're like, they pay you for stuff? Nope. I do a lot of that and I say, well, I'm charging you 
half whatever a shop would because I get to drink beer while I do it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my rule I mean, of thumb. Do you drink beer alone while you work on things? Uh, if I'm working on something, I'm not alone. <laughs> you, you and your machine are drinking yeah. together? Uh, put one in the radiator, put one in my mouth. I got blood all over the Vespa. Did you see that? I did. I cut myself. I put yeah, all the blood you did some on weird the piston. Offering. Yeah. So that thing's been fun to work on. Sacrificial offering to the piston. So I ended up getting a uh, a new ignition for it because you know my ignition wasn't working out. It was points, and then the the scooter was uh, CDI, and it was just nothing was matching up. The wire wiring wasn't matched up. So I bought SIP vape ignition it's a very unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate name does, wait does it like does it smoke a lot no there's a lot of vaping says, going on it says you know it's a good product it says one of the things on their website is the laser cut logo is a good indication of the overall clean and efficient manufacture of the components of this kit which is a new fan rectifier and coil it's got variable ignition timing That's it's cool. got way more stuff than it was ever necessary this is like the top of the line moped <laughs> Ignition. Uh, again, how much money do you have into this damn thing now? This was only, this was 300 bucks. Okay. You can't even get an MST timing box for 300 bucks. Well, no, but, but scooters are supposed to be cheap. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> You're like, nope. Top whatever. Um, so it's uh, the, the flywheel normally weighs 2,700 grams, which is like four or five pounds. Okay. Now it weighs 1,600. It's half the weight. This thing's going <laughs> to rip. Super high This brappy. thing is going to rip. I just, I cannot wait. It's the, uh, the stock horsepower. On a the motor that's in there uh-huh. is twelve horsepower. Okay, the stock horsepower of P two hundred E, as you know, my motor is different. Right. So I've got a one hundred twenty five cc um, engine that I'm building up to one hundred seventy seven cc's. Right. It's supposed to have a two hundred cc engine. Okay. They both have around you the same. Were, so I remember you were disappointed because you're like, oh, it's the smaller one. It's not the two hundred. I I must have less power. They're not really that different. So what did the two hundred E have? Twelve and a half horsepower, but it made it a thousand RPMs earlier. Okay. Six thousand versus five thousand RPMs. The 177 kit that I have on there, depending yep. on what you do, can have up to 19 horsepower <laughs> and goes 75 to 80 miles per hour. The guy says, I think it'll do more than 80 if I duck down. Wow. It's got GPS indicated 75 to 80 miles an hour on a Vespa. Have you seen the video where the guys, because sh- it's all weird throttle shift, yeah. right? And how he shifts and it lifts the front tire up every yes. time. So everybody's saying that these are hard to drive. Because okay. they have the intuition of a motorcycle where right. they want to shift with their foot. Yeah. I don't drive motorcycles. So I think so this you're is going to be. I'm, you're a clean slate. I'm, I'm super good. I'm super good to go. I got all the porting done when I put the motor together. Yeah. Super. I saw that. Did that a was terrible cool. job on one side. Okay. <laughs> and it's like the, the other side did a very good job. Um, I tried buying like these tungsten carbide bits. Yeah. Awful. Didn't Why work. is that? They're too rough. Yeah. They're just like taking chunks out and it's like, it's just not, not a good situation. End up just using little sanding. I saw those. The sanding drums. So that was, those, those are usually good for nothing. <laughs> they worked great for this because it's such a small project. <laughs> I suppose you know, it's it just, is. I didn't have to do very much. Yeah. So you're saying your port job was not super smooth. Uh, one side's very good. Okay. I did an excellent job on one side. The other side is uh, so-so. I would so-so. give it a, okay. I would give it like a six out of 10. <laughs> okay. I actually had used a, a, a hand file to fix some of my work. I see. I did a really, really bad job. on. The hardest part of this has been the wiring. I noticed. The wiring doesn't. Why? What is with that green wire? Green, what did the green wire so do? The green wire was power from the stator uh-huh. to the ignition switch. Okay, it shouldn't be green then, in all logic. Well, it's the quote-unquote cutoff wire. Oh. Okay, so there's also a wire that goes to the battery and stuff like this. So this is like a, a fully charged wire going up to the cutoff switch. I got you. Which now. turns that's, off It just the grounds it out. Yeah, yep. just basically grounds it out. Right, yes. maybe that's grounding it out over and over again is what causes it. But the sheathing turns to putty. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's mushy. Yeah. The, the, all, the, all the rest of the wiring is fine, but this green wire turns to it mush. It must get a lot of heat or something. I have no... Well, yeah, obviously. But I ran a all, new wire up, ran a new wire to the blinkers, which had like this um, weird copper solder, brass solder holding the wires into it. Okay. So I drilled that out, put the new wire in, soldered that in. That worked great. I've got blinkers now, and I reused a lot of the wiring that was there. I was really confused because I, I don't have a... <laughs> I don't have a proper wiring diagram. Right. So I'm just trying to think, okay, I'm getting rid of You're all of this. reverse engineering. Yes, I had to. I had to look at all the wiring that was there. I'm like, okay, this rectifier, uh-huh. which I don't even know what it's rectifying. I don't know what a rectifier does. I have no idea, but it's going away. It's my understanding that it evens out the current. Great. Because you're basically getting pulses of right. electricity and a rectifier rectifies. Well, that's the nice thing about my new 
thingamajigger that generates power. Is there's a lot more. <laughs> a little, yeah, but there's a lot more of the little copper thingies. Okay. In there. So there's so the pulses. Mole, more smaller pulses. More smaller pulses. Yeah. That was actually one of the benefits. They said it's a little more even and I can run a better headlight, which my headlight does not work. I got to figure that out. Mm. Anyway, so I used, reused a lot of the original wiring and got it, to, ripped a bunch of other shit out that I knew I didn't need and went, okay. Un until you find out you'll need it later? Uh, well, it's all the ignition stuff from before. So okay. I just got rid of, I just cut it off and just dumped it. I don't need any of it. And then I kind of started over with power and ground with the, with the, with the scooter as is off the battery. Are there fuses? Are there any fuses in this system? There are now. I fused, okay. I fused the whole ignition system nice. and then I fused the front of the bike okay. to the blinkers and everything else. So yeah. I put two different fuses in and I, and I was, I was really discouraged by how hard it was and how there was no instructions and how there was no wiring diagrams out there that fit. And there's multiple different wire diagrams with starter, without starter, with battery, right. without battery, with battery and starter. And it was just all this stuff. None of it made sense. I couldn't bear down on what mine was. Colors didn't match. Pink this, green that, yellow with stripe. <laughs> nothing. It, nothing worked. So when I, I was thinking, I wonder what the labor rate is at Scooterville, <laughs> Scooterville, Scooterville right. to get this done. Right. And I quit and I went inside. Okay. And did I went. Did you then look up the labor rate? I did not. Okay. I'm sure it's probably $125. Yeah. Which would, it would probably end up costing me probably $700 to have somebody get the wiring figured out on this Wow. Thing, it took me all day. Yeah. So I got rid of it. I went back out in the garage and said, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to sit here until it's done. Uh -huh. And I got it done. And I went over. I put the spark plug in. Uh-huh. Grounded it out. Kicked it. It had spark. That's good. I've got spark. That means I've got spark and I've got blinkers. It's all downhill from here. It's honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's all downhill from here in a good way. Right. In a good way. Right. Not like, like, we're, like you're, you're coasting downhill. We're now. coasting downhill. I'm, I'm kind of curious how this carburetor is going to react. I've got a bigger carburetor than normal. Right. I don't know exactly yeah, you got how the that's going to go. bigger cylinder kit. I do. I do. We'll just have to see how it goes. You know, I'm not sure what jetting is going to end up being like, but I'm really excited. Anyway, that's that's where the scooter lies. And nice. I feel really good that I was able to get the wiring done and figure out. It was, it was a great reward of, of pushing through and accomplishing it on my own and not giving up. And that's one of the best things about being you in the garage. You do realize this is just supposed to be like a fun project. Yeah, and it has been, other than just this. Okay. I've really enjoyed, and the kids come out in the garage, and I can it does I look show fun. them how the engine works. It's a little yeah. one-cylinder thing, and they're they're super excited about, hey, Daddy's scooter explodes on the inside. And it's, you know, because <laughs> you know, you're trying to, like, bear <laughs> down on the, in the yeah. which it does. Well, that's how they're going to talk about any of these cars. Now, that when everything is electric, it's going to be like... Remember when cars exploded oh, on the gonna inside? Be, it's going to be awesome. Speaking of which, I had an interesting conversation with my dad the other day. Sure. So we'll get to news in a minute, but I wanted to talk through this with you. So we were talking about how, you know, basically just this concept. You won't be able to buy any gas car soon. It's all going to be electric. And how all gas stations, the thought is, well, they're all just going to disappear or convert to charging stations. They, they're just going to disappear. Someday you'll either be distilling your own fuel in your basement or buying Porsche's super expensive exotic synthetic we mentioned before. Yep. But is that really going to be the case? And here's my thought. Okay. How many people in your neighborhood, Chris, own a boat? A lot. Right? Yeah, a and lot. that's everywhere, especially in Minnesota. And how many electric boats are on the market right now? None yet. But... I think when you start seeing gas at like $8 a gallon and somebody's got a 20, 30, 40, 50 gallon tank and all of a sudden your $150 worth of gas on the weekend is now $400, $500, $600 just to run your boat, people are going to start going, oof, this is brutal. Maybe. It's going to take a lot longer. What about construction equipment, planes, farming implements, tractors, etc.? All that stuff is in the infrastructure bill, Jake. Is it really? Yeah, all this, all the like the the construction equipment that's run by the state, all that stuff, it's all getting. They want to electrify that. All of it. Really? That's why it's four trillion dollars. Wow. They want to electrify. My thought was there's there's a lot more to it than just cars and trucks that are still going to need gasoline. They don't want any of it. It there's, is interesting that you look at like push mowers. If you go to Home Depot, they're electric. Yeah, yeah, you can buy riding electric. They're expensive, I know. but I know. they're there. This is. In the next 10 years, you're going to see this huge sea change. And yeah, sure, you can drive around your your boat with your non-oxygenated $9 a gallon gas if you want to. Sure. But mm. you're not going to like it. You're mm. not going to like it at all. Sailboats. The, so everyone gets a sailboat. Of that, of that two <laughs> just to get, give you an, uh, an example of how serious they are. Okay. Um, we were going to talk about this in the news, but I'll just boil it down. 
$174 billion of the $2 trillion infrastructure package. $74 billion. This, so is, I was thinking about That's this a lot in terms of money. Of, okay, so I was trying to figure out how much money this was. Right. There's around 34 million people in poverty in this country by the the definition the, the census bureau, okay. right? That's five thousand dollars for every single person that's at the poverty line. Okay. So just to give you an impression of that's five thousand dollars for what th- is like for thirty four does- million people get five grand. That's yeah. how much money one hundred seventy four billion is. It's a ton of money. Do you know how your annual budget breaks down? Like what is what is defense spending? What uh, is- defense spending is around defense spending and uh, healthcare are the two biggest costs. Right. They're about the same at about thirty percent each. I think. I'm not Which is exactly what is sure. that? How does that compare to this bill? I guess I'm. Oh, so the, to... the the GDP of the entire country is around twenty two trillion dollars. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. The uh, not the GDP. No, the, but the annual budget. The annual budget, I think, is t- no. I think it's GDP. Like the entire GDP of the country is twenty two trillion dollars, and then this is two to four trillion. Okay. And pretty soon, uh, thirty percent of our budget is going to be paying the the interest on the national debt. I don't want to get this I don't want to get this too much. Just I'm just saying it's a lot of money. That's my right. point. Okay. 174 so billion. What you're saying so 74 billion of this yep. 174 billion is for uh charging stations. They want to have wow. five they want to add 500,000 charging stations. 100 billion of it is for subsidies for people to buy EVs. Are you kidding? 100 billion dollars. 100 that's a billion. lot of subsidy. That's a lot of subsidy. So don't look for that to stop anytime soon. And it's exactly what they asked for, right? It's exactly what the union asked for. It's what the auto manufacturers want. Because, hey, basically it comes down to this. If you're going to make us do this, mm-hmm. you've got to somehow give us a benefit. You've got to help us because we can't otherwise. So you got to help us. Give us yeah. the money. Give us the subsidies. Encourage people to buy this stuff because guess what? They don't really want it. But you've yeah. got to encourage them to have You've got to grease the wheels to make this happen. So our spending billions of dollars to make it happen. Doesn't get makes, trickled down. It yeah. makes sense. The manufacturers need it to make sense for all the money that they've invested. Right. They need the government to step in and kind of force everybody into it. Yeah. Well, Speaking of charging stations and infrastructure, uh, similar to Tesla, Hyundai is actually rolling out its own network of charging stations starting in his home country of South Korea. The network called E-Pit. <laughs> E-Pit. That's an unfortunate name, isn't it? It is, and I don't know. It's just, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, I'm just but thinking just yellow, first, take sweat, it, yellow take t-shirts. Take it on are, its face, right? Okay. E-Pit is a terrible name it for is, a charging. It's bad. Yeah, I gotta go down to the pit. I'm, t- I'm so tired of this. When can we get past the <laughs> Apple marketing of iMovie, iPod, iPlay, i everything. Now it's E-Pit. All right, Ugh. so the E-Pit will initially be made Th- up this of- is, This is how you know we're in the future, is when we're not doing E anything anymore. <laughs> when it just is, when it's just the network oh, called- The normal. It'll just be, pit. the network will be just be called Pit. <laughs> Which is not good either. Which is not no, good either. No. Well, anyways, the E-Pit, it'll be made up of 20 stations initially with six chargers on each. And keep in mind, that's in South Korea, so that's a- I guess a decent uh, network. Uh, the charges themselves are eight hundred no, volts. Not. That's not very many know. at all. I don't know, Chris. Eight hundred. How big is South Korea? They have millions of people there. Like if yeah, you put twenty, many... if you put twenty charging stations in Seoul, that would be almost meaningless. You need a lot more than that, probably. Uh, they're eight hundred volts and are capable of providing either. South Korea has fifty-one million people. Yeah, but how many roads do they have? <laughs> Jesus, man! It's not like there's some underdeveloped country. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. How big is South Korea? Like what state? Is it is it like the size of Minnesota? I think it's probably the size of like Georgia. You That's know, a really random state to pick in my mind. I don't know. Georgia's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Chargers are going to have 800 volts and capable of providing either 62 miles of range in five minutes or 80% of a charge in just 18 minutes. And Hyundai says the Chargers were inspired by Formula One pit stops hence the name, uh, an E-pit, and they're relatively brief charging times. The problem is... Is the name. It, first of all, the name, and also, even five minutes is not like Formula One fast. When I think Have you ever seen a Formula One pit stop? Are you, are you ready? Yes. That's it. That's the it's, Formula pit stop. It's, and then they go. It's, yeah. it's, sec- it's measured in like 1.7 seconds, 1.8 seconds. It's very, very, very fast. Yeah, this is not that fast. <laughs> Um, one more fun story here. The new GT3, Chris, the 2022 Porsche 911 GT3 was tested quite thoroughly. So much so that engineers drove a prototype at a sustained 186 miles per hour for a distance 
of 3,100 miles. Sustained, continuous. They just kept going. The only time they need they stopped was for fuel. They just kept going. The test took place on Italy's Nardo high-speed circuit, which I think is the big circle, right? Wow. Nardo? Yeah. Uh, which apparently Porsche happens to own. Which well, is Volkswagen. Convenient. I think it's Volkswagen yeah. family. Um, and so that was just one of several key durability tests for the car. Uh, they also tested the four-liter flat let's, six. Let's, hold on a second. What? 3,000 miles a long at 186 just, miles an hour. Like, what is the revs on that thing? Uh, well, hold on. I'm, you could, go ahead. I'm going to find out how long that took. Yeah. And I'm also thinking we could do the math on like what revs you're at for that long and how many times the pistons actually moved and how much wear put on that engine. 17 hours. Wow. That, that's sustained. That's, 17 hours at 186 oops, sorry, miles per hour. 3,100, not 3,300. What, 16 and a half hours. Yeah. If that's how long, that's how far California is away from here. Yeah, a little over right. 3,000 miles. Imagine being there and just being like, yeah, let's drive to California today. At 186 miles per hour. At 186 miles per hour. Yeah. They also uh, racked up more than 22,000 hours on the test rig, their engine test rig, Have you seen these test rigs that they have for cars? So what's interesting, the engineers actually simulate runs of different racetracks, right? So it's it's shifting, it's running up and down through the revs. And the tires are usually on some sort of dyno thing. They can actually pressure, they could put hydraulic pressure on the suspension. This is just the engine testing. Oh, okay. But yes, I have seen the full car like simulator test rigs. Yeah, that's how my M5 was tested on the Nürburgring. You did show me that video. Pretty awesome. It was kind of cool. Very incredible engineering on that car. It, it's, it's, it almost makes that car super cool. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Continue. The testing is cool. Yeah. Uh, regardless, these things cost $162,000. That's $20,000 more than the previous GT3. I mean, once you get to 140 some thousand, is another 20 that big of a deal? I don't know. What else? Are you, I, I guess not. If you're ready to write a check for that, it's just like, oh, whatever, you just... I guess you don't get rich by thinking that $20,000 is nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's, pro- that's how you probably get poor. All right, so the Hummer. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. How much are we going to have to talk about this thing? The Hummer <laughs> is entirely sold out. Yeah. Entirely. Entirely sold out at the cost well, of- Well, no, it's not. You're wrong. Well, the just reservations- the addition, are- no, just the addition one. And you the know what I think of? It's $110,000. So Federer <laughs> just wrote an article, Joe Fetter, on Motor Authority, right. all about the uh, the Hummer and then what's kind of special about it because I don't understand. I really don't. I don't. It's just, it seems like another, well, it's got this much horsepower, zero to 60 in three seconds. It's, and, but I, I like it. I know you do. Let's talk to Joel Fetter about why the Hummer is the next big thing. Hello? Mr. Joel Fetter. Mr. Christopher Clewell. I uh, I saw that you wrote an article about the Hummer. I need somebody to tell me why I should care about this Hummer. Because right now, all I want to think is... There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. That's all I can think Great about. movie, by the way. That's all I can think about when I see this thing. So why do I care? Tell me why I care about this thing. So just back back up for 10 seconds. Uh, I thought that about the, fir- the, the truck... And, and and somewhat about the 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 SUV that it was just unveiled as well because I mean first ones have six figure price tags right right one hundred ten thousand um, dollars. But as I had as I wrote about it and as I've learned more about it from Al Oppenheimer, the the chief engineer who used to be the chief engineer on the Camaro and now is in charge of this, and, and as we've done we've done more learning more about it, I'm legit as an enthusiast getting excited. So they moved uh, the guy from stuff. the Camaro, which is pretty much a I mean, that's a king position at Chevy to this thing. Yeah. That's a big that, deal. By the way, wait, hang on. So, 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 so back up. That, that move, we, we, we were told he was moving from the head of Camaro to head of performance electrification. That was a while ago, like a year ago, right? Right. Um, we didn't know what he was working on at the time. Now we know he's heading up the Hummer stuff. Interesting. Uh, that is a huge deal. Uh, we interviewed him on Monday afternoon, and we have an article up on Motor Authority as well about that, uh, talking about wheel torque and talking about uh, prototypes are doing wheelies, lifting <laughs> tires off the. So, so, so prototypes for the pickup truck are have so much torque they are lifting the front tires off the pavement. 
Wow. Uh, it, and it comes down to the front and the rear motors aren't because again, they're development mules, right? They're not syncing up properly. Yeah. And so the rear ones are kicking in so powerfully that the fronts are the, the front tires are lifting off the paper. Can so, we make sure somehow that that makes it to development? It I will, mean, it will not, but maybe we can will, code that not. out. Maybe we can code it out. The, the safety that, thing that they're going to do. This is the kind of stuff where it's like, guys, this is exciting. Like that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, d wheelies are cool. I guess there's, <laughs> there's no but way. Guys, to we're talking about a pickup truck that's lifting yeah. from tires. Like, like the future is still going to have ridiculous, cool stuff. The demon was ridiculous and cool. And this can be ridiculous and cool. It's just different. Mm, and and I, I don't think they're, I don't think this is as cool. A pickup truck doing a wheelie is not as cool as a nine second streetcar. Pickup truck lifting the front tires off the ground is pretty rare. Well, that and this like, thing is going to do zero to sixty in three point five seconds, which Chris, of course, you always talk about. The truck does it in three, by the way. Oh wow! I mean, Chris keeps saying, "Well, numbers mean nothing now they because don't mean every anything. electric car is fast." Yeah, because there's no contrast anymore. It's, everything's fast. But Kia. imagine riding in this thing and it just pushes you back in your seat. Like, yeah, you're not going to be you're I not going like, to be impressed I, because you showed up at your buddy's house who has I the new like Kia. I just wrote an article. I feel like I just wrote an article about how we're going to democratization of uh, performance in electric cars. It's like I just wrote one yesterday, and then Chris <laughs> poo pooed it and texted me and said, "You suck." <laughs> I did. I hate hearing about it because it, we, last week on the podcast, we talked about how supercars are becoming less and less relevant as street cars. The bar is raised so much. And if you're good, if I'm driving, we go over to Jake's house to experience the zero to 60 in three seconds Hummer, but I've already got a zero to 60 in 3.5 Kia. It doesn't matter. It's only contrast now. It's not going to be contrast in a couple of years. It's not going to matter anymore. It's kind of neat right now, but I think it's a novelty. You know, I don't think it's so, going to be as important. I took a I took a lot of heat online. I mean, a lot. I mean, people were, were railing on me because I, I everyone I I, mean, I took a headline that was different than everyone else. My headline was preview 2024 GMC Hummer EV arrives to embarrass Ford Bronco and Jeep Wrangler. Mm -hmm. They're not and, in the same world, though, are they? Well, so so no, and I qualify it right in the beginning. The first, the, the second sentence of my article said both those vehicles are smaller, far more attainable, and more importantly available now or this year, which are all true things. But here's the deal. The pickup truck arrives this year and the SUV arrives two years from now. Right. Forget right now. Let's just let's just uh, let's just <laughs> negate the truck right now. Let's just go straight to two years from now with the SUV. Okay. In two years, because we all agree right now, electric is the future, right? We've talked about this and how Chris is getting excited about, you know, the EV6 Kia because it's a cool daily driver or whatever. In two years from now, we'll probably have a hybrid Bronco, maybe a plug-in plug hybrid Bronco. We already today have a plug-in hybrid Wrangler. These things offer either zero or like 20 miles of electric range. In two years from now, we're going to have an SUV that has that level of off-road capability. Now, mind you, it will be different because it's wider, so it won't be able to go in same spaces. But it has four-wheel steering, it has crab walk, it has extract mode, the race suspension, 16 inches of ground clearance. You're going to need extract are, mode just to get into your garage in the winter. These are <laughs> but you have to, these are incredible off-road feats yeah. in a vehicle that is all electric, which is the future with over 300 miles of range. Like, the future is happening in two years, and the Bronco and, and the, the the Wrangler will be stuck where they are today. We will not have electric vehicles. You know what I can't wait for? Years. I cannot wait till the future is here so we can stop talking about it. I'm serious. Why can, When the future is here and we can stop talking about everything that's going to happen, when we can just exist when i can just you think are about such an old fuddy-duddy i've back well, so in my day we didn't I, worry that's about not, the future that's not true i've come around a lot to all he has of come this we have had a huge shift with christopher we yeah. have come around a lot but i'm just i'm exhausted with but here's the zero thing. to 60 getting, times I, this thing's gonna just I, think could do a loop-de-loop -loop in your bathtub it's the, just fine get rid of the zero 60 the thing can do 16 inches of ground clearance and can drive diagonally that is sweet. You know what else is cool is the 18 cameras showing you around. So usually when you're going like extreme off-roading, you need spotters to basically you don't be need like, spotters with all this. right, turn your wheel, you know, six degrees to catch that rock or miss that. You don't need that. Now your camera will show you everything around you. So you, you can experience this thing and do all this stuff with no friends. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're telling so me. You're, so you can do it, Chris. I, that's not oh, true. No. What he's saying, is your, your, he's saying your friend doesn't have to get out of the truck to spot you on a clip. That's, that's true. what he said. It is pretty that, that, that's true. You know what this so could make? This could make police chases very interesting. This, not, it, look, it's it's cool, it's exciting, and when I and everyone took it the wrong way when I said embarrass the Ford Bronco and Jeep Wrangler. The way I meant it was 
this thing is going to be the future in two years when the Bronco and the Wrangler will look like it's in the past that in two years. Yeah. Well, the Wranglers look like it's in the past for the last 20 years, to be honest. I'm in power. I mean, look, the Wrangler has a plug-in hybrid. You can go buy a 20-mile electric plug-in hybrid Jeep Wrangler that then gets 30 miles per gallon on the highway, and you can go off-roading in it right now. You can go do it. That's crazy cool. I just can't wait to own the truck version of this Hummer and take off the roof and the T-tops. They all fit in the Why front didn't you trunk. order one? I cannot believe you did I'm not, not order gonna one I'm not going to do the orange. first edition and spend $110,000 on a Joel. I'm going to wait six years and get a used one. Oh, man. We have to wait six oh, years to go crab walking together? <laughs> I don't that I don't sounds like something your, completely different. I don't want to hear about your crab walking adventures. <laughs> I didn't say scissoring. I said crab walking. I said uh, we're crab. We're crab. We're Jesus. Anyways. So here's here's the question. Yeah. Is a regular person going to be driving this thing zero to sixty in three and a half seconds? Are we going to see people just ejecting their cars <laughs> into the front of the grocery store and this thing? If you if, if you have a Tesla Model Three parked in front of this and you accidentally launch, you are going to drive over it. Ooh, I so, like that. okay, I, I have three. This I is all. This things. seems a little dangerous for the regular person. So let me give you three. Let me give you three three responses to that. One, the answer overarching is yes, because look at how many people have a just, you know, some rich dude bought a Tesla Model S, the 060 in two seconds, and he can do it. One, one. But also remember, that's a party trick and it gets old really fast. Like you ask a Model S owner, they don't do that every day anymore, right? You do it a couple times, that's really freaking cool. I can do this and then it's over, right? One. Two. I think you would probably do it more often if you didn't have to wait for the batteries to warm up. (laughs) Well, and that's what brings me to my second point, Chris. Watch the freedom. WTF mode. Well, I'm glad you brought mode. that up. What's I know the you are. freedom? That's amazing. It truly is. <laughs> but here's the deal. It ta- they have to precondition the battery because they're, they're, they're cooling it actively and they're extracting all the juice out of it to do it. And so it takes, it, it, it's a sequence, right? And you do it and you activate it and it will take 20 seconds to do it. And so it's not going to be like, oh, push a button and boom, you're into a Model 3. Like, it takes... Okay, so what's the 0 to 60 time? What's what's regular 0 to 60 time on this? We don't know that. Okay. Hmm. Generally, what is 0 to 60 time? Like, on a Tesla, it's, you know... It's still fast. I I understand. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What what are we talking about? Five seconds. Okay, so it's still really, really fast. Right. I made that up, by the way. Do not quote me. But... <laughs> Joel Fetter <laughs> said these things are these things are going to weigh six thousand ish pounds. Right, it's crazy. So like, I, one thing I would like. Wait, Joel what Fetter... was the third? That's only two. Oh, that's Joel. only three. What's the third thing? Oh, the third was you have to realize that the way I view this, or I'm viewing this, is this right here, or an electric F one fifty, or an electric Silverado, or any of that stuff. That is how we will get mainstream America into electric because people want their big American SUVs and trucks, right? And you're not going to get that in a Tesla today. This is how we are going to condition and get America to electric. I'm just telling you, that's how it's going to happen. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely true. One thing, here's one thing I would like, I would like journalist Fetter to do this for me. And I think this is worth doing and worth asking about. (laughs) I want to know. The labor, and I'm talking the whole project, right? I want to know what the labor is involved, how many labor hours it took to design, build, and execute this truck, and how many manufacturing hours it's going to be to design and ex- or to, to execute the building and assembly of this truck versus what it is to do a, a combustion engine truck. So I actually can partially answer that, partially. You know what I'm getting at, right? I'm just trying to figure I, I, out. I can. Okay. Well, so I can partially get answer that question. Uh, and because of a lot of the background we did on the SUV or the truck, not the SUV, right? And the answer to that question is it's a vast amount of time less for this. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. One, this was all done. And it's one of the first vehicles, by the way, via computer. They, when they unveiled this truck, uh, the truck, sorry, not the SUV, but even the SUV too, they had one one working and by I'm using working real liberally here, working prototype, a hand built can go a couple miles an hour at a time prototype that didn't even have the real powertrain in it. Everything else is CGI. And that, and when they unveiled the truck, we ran a story that was basically saying they didn't even have a working prototype. So they basically went and they designed the entire thing using virtualization 
They've done everything with computers and they are going from zero anything to full production delivering trucks in about well, it's less than nine months. It's like six months time, which is incredible. Of, it's yeah. incredible. And so and this is one of the things of, that Tesla thought that they had, right? They had this thing where they were slim, super they were agile, a small company, agile. That's something that they've got over the big three. Sounds like maybe not. Well, not only that, but it, it's about to accelerate because hmm. this is sharing a platform and battery pack, not suspension, not a bunch of other stuff, but a platform and the battery pack. So the sled, the sled yeah, the, is the being skateboard. shared. The skateboard is being shared with like, so GM has, I'm rounding right here, but something like 30 new electric vehicles in the next three years and probably, I don't know, six eighths. So three, three, three fourths, three quarters of those vehicles will be on this sled. Okay, let me rephrase my question. I like how you went to six eighths. Six eighths. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to. That's divisible. That's also known as what. I was trying to think of how many vehicles there were and try and break it out. Here's quickly. here's here's my question. Here's my point that I want to know. I want to know how many jobs are going to be lost building this versus building a regular truck because there's way more systems on a regular truck. There's way more suppliers on a regular truck. I feel like these are easier to assemble. They're much simpler. Kind of. You have to understand that they just brought, they're bringing people. They're actually so they they the Hamtramck uh, plant that was set to be shut down. They are they they are turning it into the factory for this the SUV the truck and the Chevy Silverado and the electric uh, Sierra and it's called Factory Zero they renamed it and so they're like people that were going to be out of a job are now employed because of these vehicles. I'm so just, there's there's Chris. no I just think the supply chain is bigger than that I think there's we're we're just talking about one part of the supply chain but what about the people that were supplying the the uh, the the cooling systems and the radiators and AC Delco and you know what are some of these other See, companies but you have to exist? realize that that, that that the batteries are so so it's a shift right suppliers shifted one thing they're supply another the batteries are liquid cooled right you have all these parts of the batteries you have all hang on electric vehicles have less moving parts they right. have less parts right but they have more software more technology yeah, more you, coding. you can't take a guy off the assembly line and say design software for this design like no you can't you can't you can't but so, the guy you have to realize how automated a lot of the assembly lines were to begin with have you been on a modern assembly line yeah there's still dudes there's still dudes around of there course, are but, but there's still gonna be dudes on this one too someone's put moving the machine so why the electric is motors in. so it's then why are the progress so why are the of course I mean, I am, I'm aware of that. Why are, is the union auto workers and the manufacturers clamoring for a bunch of money from the government then? Because they're, they're scared and they think that everything's changing. So they're asking for a ton of money, you know, from Biden. So why are they change doing is scary? So why are they asking for money if everything's going to be fine and everybody's jobs are all copacetic? Probably everyone's jobs aren't going to be copacetic. But Chris, there were people that had jobs 20 years ago. Those jobs don't exist anymore, but I, new jobs exist. I completely understand. <laughs> I just feel like this is a point that nobody's making. Everybody's like, it'll be fine. Hang we're just going to get subsidies. It's no it's no big deal. Everything's going to be no. fine. Everybody Joe, that's, Joe that, you know, Joe you're working on a pipeline. You should just Joe go build solar panels instead. <laughs> you're going to have to loot a new trade, dude. Like, you know what? You laid pipe to the oil and the gas industry, and now you're going to do solar. It's just a, it's a very under addressed point that all these guys, these blue that collar jobs, have to learn. it's, <laughs> it, if you're a 50 year old dude, that's been assembling Camaros your whole life. I don't think you're all of a sudden going to be building controllers for electric motors. It's maybe just not, but maybe you're going to be working on the line that's laying the panels in the glass. Maybe. Like, but, I, like, like, here's the thing, man. Like, I, I, I'm not so sure that the government has to say, I'm sorry that you're not building a Camaro anymore, Joe. But at the same time, Joe, I'm going to like, I don't know. We're going down a really, really weird path that has nothing to do with cars. I don't really want to go down this. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just, I'm just, I'm just, it's not brought up very often. I just was kind of wondering if there was any, if we could figure out how much labor was going into building these labor time, labor hours, where they were allocated. So we could kind of see where things are going. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing that we're progressing and, and these jobs are going to be lost. That happens all the time. Right, all the well, time. By the way, in society. also, also, also. So, by the way, I just mentioned thirty new vehicles that are going to uh, give or take that are going to be here in three years from GM. People still have to build all these cars. Mm -hmm. Okay, not all those gas cars are going to go away, right? And there's going to be this shift, right? Yet. So, like, and 
yet. Right, 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 right. But 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 they're all going to be replaced. Like eventually, instead of a, a gas powered blazer, it'll be an electric powered blazer. Like there's this long transition time that shifts over to that. And the gas trucks, it's going to take a while. And we also have to build out the charging infrastructure. I mean, like there's so much to this. There's so many new energy jobs that are going to come that don't even exist today. So you're right. You're right. Joe might need to learn a new trade. But he's a tradesman, and the reality is, is Joe's dad might do something that doesn't exist today. The union right? auto workers—they're not going to like that. They're—they're they're not well, going to like it. You, you think union auto makers aren't going to like it? Wait till dealerships get a hold of their future. Oh yeah, that yeah. does—it does not look bright for them. We've talked about that many times. I don't want to rehash that, but yeah, the dealership structure is just going to be just, it's just so absolutely broken. destroyed. It's so broken. Yeah, Fetter, thank you. Always. It's always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you, Joel. Can I do we... have one. Can I quiz you? There's one cool feature I didn't read about anywhere that I'm seeing a photo of on the new Hummer SUV. On the back okay. cargo area, there appears to be like a topographical map drawn oh. into the floorboard. So so there's a topographical map uh, on the floor where you're, you're speaking of right now. Mm -hmm. Also, the speaker grills on the doors have a map, and so does the third, the, th the dead pedal as well, of like the moon and stuff. Well, yeah. I oh, thought it was just going to be a map for the Union Auto Worker to go to the training center. Would you, that's just, would the... you settle down over there? <laughs> yeah. So, so if you look at like the, the there's a good picture of the the SU, the truck one. Yeah. If, but if you zoom in and you look at the speaker grills, there are maps on there, and same with the dead pedal. And so it's the moon. I was going to ask you what the map is of. If I remember correctly, it's part of the moon. If I remember correctly, because they're going to the moon. Get it? Yeah. No. I, one, <laughs> it's, it's it's just a it's like a stock term. It's like, hey, we're this is going to moon. It's going to the moon. It's going to go crazy. It's going to be amazing. We're going right? to the moon. The thing yeah. is, is it's one thing that I'm going to give Tesla a lot of credit for is they've it's really like let, a lot of credit for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, but Chris is, doesn't should. like to give it to them. The one thing I didn't say it was the one of one. It's one of many. But one thing that I think is really great that they've done is they've really let all the manufacturers kind of let their hair down a little bit. You would never see random weird stuff like this if Tesla wasn't putting farting stuff in their seats. It's really well, here's the thing. There's always here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Tesla went bankrupt and closed the doors tomorrow and did not exist as of Monday, okay, for countless reasons, they would go down in the history books as a success and a win. And I can list three reasons like in a second. If they had failed and went bankrupt and did not exist on Monday they would be a success story. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Yeah. Fetter, thank you. I appreciate it. Bye, guys. I look forward to seeing you driving around in that in that Z pretty soon. It's been raining a lot. No more excuses. We're getting close. I look forward to driving your M5. Yeah, anytime. You just let me know. We'll and your 911 if you get it back together. Oh, don't even. It's All okay. Right. I have a couple for you, Joel. <laughs> Bye. Bye, dude. Bye. Many thanks to the indomitable Joel Fetter. Indomitable? For indomitable. Can you dominable him? <laughs> Does that mean you can dominate him? It's indominatable? Indomitable. It just means you cannot be dominated. I bet I could dominate Joel. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, we'll see you on Monday where we have episode two. Yes. Of in the our greatest... Um, car debacles. Uh, the biggest scams. Hold on. I'm gonna, Jake, no, I know. What it, what, <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong document. What the hell is it? <laughs> well, it's happening Scandals. on Monday. Scandals. Scandals. Whatever Thank it is, you. it's happening on Monday. I couldn't remember the word. <laughs> yes, part two of the greatest automotive scandals. I thought you were going to cut that out. No, nope, no, nope. we're out. leaving it. You, right. you can look stupid all by yourself over there. We'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> Take care.